0: Well, good morning. I'm very happy that you tuned in to WNZN Radio, Lorain, Ohio. And uh, just a beautiful time of the year as we're coming out of winter and hopefully COVID and going yes. into a new uh, a new season, David. What yes. do you think?
1: Absolutely. I'm ready for that, John. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready to move on. I want to put this behind us. Sun like so shiny. Many other people. Yeah, Damn,
0: it's actually two years ago this week that I think all the COVID restrictions started coming in. You know, you're right. That's right it, it was St. Patrick's Day yeah, weekend, right, right? Right. Yeah, or the week of
1: St. Patrick's Day.
0: Everything started hitting now that yes. uh, we're coming out of it. So,
1: yeah. um, again,
0: thank you for tuning in. This is WNZN Radio, uh, 89.1 FM on your dial. If you're having any trouble picking us up, any static, you can live stream us on your computer, your laptop, and that would be www.wnzn.org. Www.wnzn, WNZN.org. Okay, David. Well, we had a couple interesting guests the past couple weeks as far away as South Africa. Yeah. I think we're going to have a guest from uh, Thailand coming up shortly. Uh, very interesting yes. guy. And uh, also uh, the guest speaker for the men's retreat for Bay Presbyterian Church. Yeah. Uh, former FBI agent. Yes. uh Annapolis graduate. Two tours of duty in Vietnam. Incredible testimony. Yes have him have some others lined up but today i thought you know there's so much going on today i wanted to go back two thousand years and see how how did paul share the gospel with people that weren't like him at all you know and some didn't like him period and uh, i think he's given us a model or some principles here well how do we share our faith how do we share the gospel with people that may never even heard of it or understood what does it mean to be a christian or what is it uh, how do you become a believer? How do you become a Christian? And the and the pattern that's established here is in Acts chapter 17 of the mm-hmm. Gospel of Acts. Acts chapter 17, of course, Acts <clears throat> is written by uh, Luke. Luke was by, by trade or profession. He was a doctor. He's a physician. So he's got real high detail. And he records, of course, in the Gospel of Luke as well as in Acts, uh, a lot of historic referencing points. Who was the... Who is the provincial leader right. at that time, what yeah. is the trade route, what city they go to. So even critics of Christianity have given Luke a lot of credit that what he's recording here is accurate. It can be proven historically, it can be proven archaeologically, which lends credence to the message he's recording. So in Acts chapter 17, just to set the scene here, Paul <laughs> is on his missionary journey. Usually he doesn't travel alone, he goes with a group. And uh, they go from city to city. He's just left the city called Philippi, where he was imprisoned. And now he's going to go towards uh, uh, Greece, uh, some of the cities in that region. And uh, I'm going to start at the end because it's very interesting that we're going to go backwards on this. But if you look at Acts chapter 17, verse 32 uh, through 34, this is where he... uh, It's kind of a summation of their ministry in this region. But it says, verse 32... And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again of this matter. However, some men joined them and believed. Among them was Dionysius the Aparagite and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So here you have the three responses, back then and present day. Mm-hmm. One group is mocking. They're scoffers. They don't believe it. It's a big joke, right? The second are the curious. They, they said, we want to learn about this. Uh, but just not now. But the third group is they actually received it, they believed it, and we even know their names to this very day. So those are the three responses Paul got, and we're going to see these are generally the three responses we get today when you share the gospel. So we'll dig into this, and we'll look at uh, chapter 17. Uh, Here's where Paul enters in, Uh, verse 1, uh, when they had passed through Amphibolis and Apollonina, they went to Thessalonica and there was a synagogue of the Jews. Now Paul's custom was to go in and teach. He was in, he was a rabbi right. by, by yeah. background. and so they would invite almost like you'd have a visiting preacher or an evangelist stop by your church <clears throat> and he, but he knows he does three Sabbaths, that's three days uh, in within three weeks, three days and it says he reasoned with them from the scriptures, he explained and demonstrated, that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. Now, this is the essential message of the gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Of course, we're going to be yeah. celebrating that right. in just a couple yeah. weeks here. But notice he does three things here. He, he reasons, he explains, and he demonstrates. So reasoning means having a dialogue, but it shows you at a base level that Christianity is a reasonable faith. It has reasons for you to believe it, if I can say that. It offers great explanations of, well, how did the world begin? Well, you see that in Genesis in a very orderly fashion by a creator. Um, It talks about the whole idea of man is made in the image of God, but man has separated himself from God through sin, but Jesus has entered in and we can have a relationship with God, and it talks about a future judgment, about heaven, hell. So it offers a lot. It's very reasonable, I think, is what I'm saying here number two, it says he explained. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people need more explanation. We're going to talk about that in a minute. They just don't get it, and they want to have questions. And then demonstrate means to prove. <clears throat> you answer questions, and you're basically proving and making <clears throat> your case. Yeah. And that's, then he's, he's basically presenting who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Who right. Jesus is and what Jesus is. And as a result of that, what does it say in verse 4? Here's the result of this when you share anywhere. It says,
1: Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women.
0: Now, this is interesting because... why would they mention women? Yeah, yeah, the net result is, again, some believed. But it also mentions devout Greeks. Now, these are Gentiles. It's very interesting, David, when you consider that God chose paul right. to be the evangelist uh to the gentiles right because paul was a he was a rabbi he was a pharisee he was well versed in the old testament he had very little to do with the gentiles before he was a christian he, right. he didn't even consider them part of the faith they didn't keep kosher they didn't keep sabbath they didn't get all of these things but these people that are listening to paul now are what we would call god fearers they're interested they're not jewish of course but they're interested in spirituality and one thing we're going to do this whole chapter 17 is people at a base level are fairly spiritual. they're looking right. for life. Yes. What is the answers uh-huh. to life? Now they get misguided if they go different here and there but nevertheless um, some believed and then it says devout Greeks there but it also says a few of the leading women yeah and it shows you that the gospel was being um, it's going not only to the Greeks but it's going to women. Yeah, uh, that's a very important point. Who do you think the prominent women were? Well, they're probably shopkeepers, business owners. Okay. Because if you look at the previous chapter, yeah. uh, in chapter 16, it talks about when Paul was in uh, uh, sailing from Troas, he comes to Philippi. And he, he was there and he meets these people, verse 14, a certain woman named Lydia heard of us. She was the seller of purple of the city of okay. Thyatira. Yeah. So she probably was a business owner, a tradesman, sure. you know, yeah. but uh, and therefore a leader. She had influence. She had money. Probably employees, similar to what we're seeing here. But it shows you how the gospel is starting to take traction. Yes. Now. it's moving. Yeah. It's moving to all different kinds of groups of people. Even today, we shouldn't limit ourselves. You know, thinking, well, this group of people here might not be interested, or that group of people over there. And uh, uh, but it says there at verse five, some were not persuaded. And they now there's pushback. Oftentimes this will happen. There's there's reception and rejection. Right. So you share the gospel or you share your testimony. You don't expect everybody to receive it. You know, they didn't you know, it's just what it is. And some might actively oppose it. We even see that in the world today. There's laws in countries today that you cannot share the gospel. It's just what it is. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but they did find now they dragged it gets kind of violent because in verse six. Right uh they dragged jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the cities and they said this is an interesting phrase these are those who've turned the world upside down think about that the message was getting out so far and wide that they saw their culture is actually changing now it's affecting people and when you think two thousand years later christianity is the dominant religion in the world today yes you know 2.5 billion people i'm not saying they're all believers but nevertheless it started out with just, you know, this one man and 12 apostles. And today we're right. seeing, you know, hospitals and universities and schools and right. orphanages and the influence. He, he turned the world upside down back then. It's still turning the world upside down now. And as a result of that, Paul has to really get out of town. Yeah. Because if you read verse 10 and 11, right. it's very important when he goes to this new area. Uh, in Berea uh, he gets a very different response if you just read that right
1: yeah as soon as it was night the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea On arriving there they went to the Jewish synagogue now the Berenian Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true
0: okay so now this is a different response here once again as was his custom paul goes to the synagogue same thing we see in the life of jesus he'll often go to the synagogue right preaching because that's a what we would call a warm audience they're they're familiar with the scriptures they believe in one god um so they go but notice they're more fair-minded you're really looking for fair-minded people when you share the gospel you'll find out there's there's a whole range of people. There's people, like we said earlier, they mock it. They dismiss it, tried that, um, not interested. Others, yeah, maybe, you know, they're a little bit curious. But here you have fair-minded ones who are willing to listen. That was the key. And they receive the word, with all readiness so they're really open and maybe have a certain anticipation going on here yeah but notice they search the scriptures daily right to find out whether this is the critical issue and of course the only scriptures they had then was the old testament right. scriptures right but they're searching it daily now if you look earlier paul spent three sabbath days i don't know how long that was was it an hour two hours per day five hours just telling them about jesus using the old testament that's a very powerful thing. Here, they're checking this thing out daily. And once they see it, Jesus is revealed in the Old Testament, Jesus said, Search the scriptures, Old Testament, um, for, they, for, for you, that's where I'm written of. He says, Moses wrote about me. He says, All the prophets wrote about me. He is the singular theme of the Old Testament, when you read all these Old Testament scriptures. And we'll look at that more as we get closer to Easter and we do a special program on Easter. But nevertheless, yeah. they are they are looking, is this true? So this is really the way to determine, is this a true message? So if you're looking, for example, the crucifixion of Jesus, and right. you look at Isaiah 53, and it's just all about this man in the first person yeah. being led by a like a, to slaughter as a lamb, and he's not uh, opening his mouth, and he's dying for the sins of uh, guilty people. It just fits Jesus perfectly, or yeah. Psalm 22, or all these other areas. <clears throat> yeah. How can that be? And then they, this will build your faith. We know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so if you really want to... This is where most people make a mistake, David. <clears throat> they do
1: not check it out. They do not check it out, and they do not look at it. Right. The s- proof... So what we were talking about, um, I, I know uh, Jay Warren, no, it was, um, uh, I forget what pastor, uh, he's, he's famous uh, English pastor who said, you know, when he was talking to a, a non-believer, he urged them to look at Paul's gospel uh-huh. and to see what happened during the death and resurrection. So should we refer people to Acts 17 then or where would you refer a non-believer to, to have them take a look? Dad. Oh, if they're just getting interested yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Well, where, where
0: should we depending stare? on their level, right. uh, I always tell people, if they're interested, I would say uh, read the Gospel of John. Read one chapter a day a day prayerfully. Okay. Just ask God to open your eyes and, and you know see what the Word of God reveals. The thing is, back with these guys, they didn't have, of course, the Gospel of no, John at that right. time. No, right, definitely. But... Yeah. Um, I would definitely refer him to the gospel of John because it, it's very clear. It presents the deity of Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, and it's meant to bring people to believe. John yeah. even says, yeah. these things I have written to you that you might believe and believe and you'll have eternal life. Mm. Now where Paul was taking them of course was to the old Testament, which is the scriptures too, you know, And but it validates uh, and, it, and it exposes and proves who Jesus is. Our problem Oftentimes today is we just don't have, I'm I'm talking about across the board, a good handle on scripture, you know, as a people Mm -hmm. of God. And we should Mm. because it really strengthens our faith, not for our own understanding, but to share it. It's almost like a product, David. If you have a product and you're going to develop it, promote it and sell it, the more you know about that product and you just, you know, if you're a a car salesman and you just you Know the insides and out oh, of this. You have this car right. yourself, you drive it, it's got all this, you know, incredible features. Well, that's going to come across when you sell it. You know, you're just, you know, you have so much passion, you're overcoming obstacles, and right. all of a sudden, a person's really interested in this product. Right. Well, we've got the best product ever the gospel of yeah. Jesus Christ. And if people really want to look into the evidence, there's evidence here. To cause people to look closer, I guess. And that's why we use this phrase, unexamined unbelief. Yeah. People just dismissed it out of hand. They may have grown up in a church or been religious early on in their life, but maybe they never really uh, knew the word of God. Maybe they really, as Paul's saying right here, you know, they never really got it. And so once you get it, and then you, all of a sudden you go, oh, I see how this goes together. And I see how all these prophecies point to the person of right. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Then it starts locking in. Yeah. And that's what these guys in Berea did. They were more fair-minded. Uh, and they were they were checking it because yeah. they, they loved the scriptures. See, he goes to a synagogue. These people knew the Old Testament. They knew the scriptures were true. Therefore, they were basing in Paul's message and running it through the filter right. of something they already knew to be true. Yeah. And that validated yeah. Paul's message. And that's right. why it says, therefore, many of them believed. Remember earlier it said some believed. Now it says many believed. What changed was they were willing to, to look at the Old Testament scriptures yeah. to authenticate. Same thing happens today. Same thing is going on today. You know, Many, many people are coming to Christ because they're looking at the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, you know, pictures of Christ, yeah. predictions of Christ, right. prophecies of Christ, all, all up and down the line. But, again, what happens right after that, it says, But when the Jews of Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came and also stirred up the crowds. And again, this is this idea of there's reception and rejection. There's, there's, there's people that yeah. believe and there's the people that are in opposition. And the same thing as today, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of places do not want you to, to, to to share the Bible, you know, actual countries will prevent you from going through customs. If you have a Bible, you know, in your, in your, in your suitcase and they'll jam, uh, internet sites that, that are are bringing up the word of God. We don't, you know.
1: Yeah. So John, you know, Easter is right around the corner, like you mentioned. And, uh, you know, as we're studying, uh, Christ coming in. Uh, into the world and suffering and dying for us uh, so that we could have eternal life. You know, I, I kind of, th- this time of year, I, I feel very, uh, I guess, happy because mm-hmm. this is really the culmination. Th- this is absolutely the center of our faith. Yes, right. What goes on. So even though we have all this chaos around us, this is really a wonderful time for us as Christians. The, the, the whole Easter holiday Uh, And when we start to dig into, you know, his life, um, you know, what he did to heal people while he was here, you know, the severe pain he went through, you know, suffered, and then uh, obviously the resurrection. So, you know, you can even look, you know, the amazing thing about the Bible is I think God knows we need a lot of examples Uh to understand that this is truly his son and that um, God became man. Uh, and he, you know, was the perfect sacrifice for us to get to heaven and have eternal life. Um, you know, and all through the Bible, he shows us types of Christ uh, with some of the uh, key figures in the Bible. Sure. You know, and so you can just see it all the way through, but I don't want to digress to that now. I'll let you keep going No, at
0: you're right there. He's the singular theme. That's yeah. what I'll say in Hebrews chapter 10. Right. In the volume of the book it is written of me. He, right. he just is the singular uh, figure and when you come to the death and resurrection, that yeah. is his hour. He even that calls is, my hour. Yeah. Now we celebrate Christmas as a big holiday. We should. It's the incarnation, right. but really it's yeah. the resurrection oh, yeah. that changes everything. Everything. And um, the reason these apostles were on fire and just in spite of persecution and imprisonment <clears throat> and even death is they met the risen Savior. Yes. Now if 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 that happens, you saw somebody brutally tortured and killed you know, six hours on a Roman cross, and then three days later, he's in your midst yes. talking and, and sharing a meal with you. Nobody's ever going to change your mind on that. that. that's And then because they met the risen Savior, that echoes down through the ages. Yeah. And we can too, in right. a sense, yeah. because Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas, blessed are you for you see and you believe. More blessed are those who don't see and believe. We believe because of the word of God and yes. of course the Holy Spirit. Yes but the tomb is empty and um we, we we're right in line here so to speak with this acts chapter 17 yes but paul was he was he, notice he keeps going forward he's like the, the Terminator. i mean he's like the uh ever ready battery kind of yeah. a thing he just keeps yeah. moving forward you know people are receiving they're acknowledging they're they're coming to christ others are rejecting it they're chasing them out of town he just keeps moving forward this guy is incredibly persistent um then, um, then they're going to keep moving. Now, now if you read verse 16 uh, through 19, uh, through 18, this sets up a whole new group of people.
1: Yeah, and we're in Acts 17. Uh-huh. Yeah, in Athens. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace, day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of uh, Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. There it is. Even
0: these people who weren't believers knew that that was the central message of Jesus, was Jesus and the resurrection. That came up earlier. That was in verse uh, three. Right. The resurrection. The resurrection. See, this will be the the theme of all the acts of the apostles is the central theme or the gospel message is the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yes. And there's we can't get away from that because that's that's the core of our gospel message. It says, now um, he goes there. He sees they got all these idols. Well, you know, you think about it. Yeah. An idol is something that gets between you and God. That right. You put it on a pedestal, yes. it becomes a God. Now, people might say, well, we don't have that today. But in a sense, possessions can become, if they occupy totally our life and the right. purpose of our life, they can become an idol. Mm-hmm. A person's looks, celebrity, uh, wealth, possessions, title, mm-hmm. all of these things in right balance. But if they take the place of God, if we look to those things for fulfillment, yeah. let alone a type of life's fulfillment, right. We're empty at the end of life because they yeah. cannot fully satisfy. Right. So these things of idols, we're, we're in a different context than Paul was, but nevertheless, we still have people that are dealing with issues of things other than God that dominate and occupy their life. Yeah. And it can never fully satisfy. So then it says uh, he meets these philosophers, Epicureans and Stoics. Uh, and, and, you know, he, they, say they're, they heard about his message, but they're getting it kind of confused. He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. Well, the last thing, he was he was not teaching about gods, plural. He's talking about God, singular. But they got the resurrection that he's preaching, but they got that right. And then they said to him, uh, may we know what new doctrine you're speaking. You're bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. So they were kind of curious people, yeah. but this shows us how, yeah. that people are spiritually hungry. They wanna know. Maybe they knew that their philosophy wasn't fulfilling them. Maybe they knew it was a kind of an empty kind of a road they were walking down. Is there right. something you can bring us? Uh, they they might just think at this point it's just news, but but Paul wants them to give them the yeah. good news. Yeah. It's life transforming. Right. But they, they were at least they were open. They're curious. We want to know about them. but notice what it says at verse twenty one. I like this.
1: All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas.
0: Notice that. Yeah. That's like modern man with social media, with the Internet, with TikTok, with all this new stuff, new. new. Am I right? Just, yes. Let's get on. Oh, let's, yeah. We're curious. Yeah. Check right. this out. Yeah. I'll send you this. Mm-hmm. So nothing has changed in a lot of ways. Man still is curious. He's looking for something new. He's spiritually hungry, um, but maybe they never really consider the claims of Christ. But I do find that interesting. we even yeah. call it the news today—the right. yeah. news, right. you know. You know, they would That's tell us right. something new. Yeah. Okay, and then Paul stood in the midst of them, and notice he doesn't. Paul does something interesting here. He also does something not interesting. He doesn't accuse them of being idolaters or pagans or sinners. He doesn't enter into any politics with them. He just says. Men of Athens, I perceive in all things that you are very religious or superstitious. So he's not attacking them yet, right? He's not... He's just saying... What he's looking for is commonality. Mm -hmm. He's looking, how can I identify with these people? For they're giving him a little bit of a platform. For I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with the inscription, To the unknown God. So they had this one platform. It was just blank. But they didn't know who to... Many, many people today worship an unknown God. They don't know what they're worshiping. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yes. They give their lives to something. But he's saying, therefore, the one who you worship without knowing him, I will proclaim to you. And here he goes into this whole thing. Now, notice, we're going to see a switch in his style, his messaging. With the Jewish people, he'll use scriptures, i.e., the Old Testament scriptures. With these people, they're Greeks, not as familiar with the scriptures not in high detail anyhow, he's gonna to appeal to the God of creation. He said, God who made the worlds and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. And so he's 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 building his case here that God built everything. He he can't be, you know, put into a little yeah. a little temple, a little he says, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Because he gives all life, breath to all things. So he's he's shown the the sovereignty of God, the power of God. God is omnipotent. He doesn't need these little things that we try to put up in place of God. He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. Isn't that interesting that we are all of one blood? You know, he, he... we are made in the image of God. You know, we, you know, he has determined their preappointed times. He knows when we're going to be born, he knows when we're going to die, and the boundaries of their dwellings. He knows where we live. Why? Why does he do all this? Look at verse 27.
1: God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Notice that? Yeah. What is
0: the purpose of God putting us on this earth? Why are we here? No matter what came before and creation and the fall Mm -hmm. of man, he wants us to seek after him. Yes. And then we'll find him because he says why he's very, very close to each one of us. And he expands on that in verse 28.
1: For in him, we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring.
0: Notice, notice how close God is. Yeah. For in him, we live and move and have our being let you gotta fathom that for a moment it's almost like a fish in the water right. we can't get away from god you know yeah. psalm 139 says where, where where can i go from god he is right he, he is uh you know he is everywhere he's in everything so to speak he says oh lord you have searched me and known me you know my sitting and my rising up you understand me my thoughts from afar off you comprehend my path and my lying down you are acquainted with all my ways uh for there is not a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, that you don't know it. You hedge me in and behind. He says, where can I go from you? Where can I go from your spirit? I can't flee from your presence. If I go to make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, you are there. Notice he's he's trying to say, the psalmist in 139, God is all around us. He's omnipresent. We can't run away from him. That's why it's it's a really comforting thought to know that When we're speaking right here now, God is right here, present now. You know what I'm saying, David? Yes. It's really a powerful thought. uh, And and the Bible clearly makes that uh, true. It explains that in full high-color detail, so to speak. That God is right here, right with us, right now. Yeah. And he wants them to know that. It's not multiple gods. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Singular. Remember, they worshipped a lot of gods. And this is a god we do not see. Now that that can be problematic with people, but it stands to reason that if you go through the art museum, like Cleveland, you don't you don't see the artist right there with his painting because some of those paintings are five hundred years old. Yeah. If you don't go out the route much more today and see the famous presidents on that mountainside. You don't see the guy sculpting it. Yeah. That's, that was done a long time ago, but it proves that he was once there. Right. You know, how much more so God, you know, he we in him we live and move and have our being. Uh, that's a very pro- powerful thing to, to live in God's presence. Yeah. And to walk in his presence and to be aware that, as Solomon says, even my thoughts you see, even my words before I speak him, he's got us hemmed in, you know, and that's a really powerful thing if yeah. it's well on how close God really is to us
1: yeah but you know John it's part of the walk though you don't get there right away I know I didn't get there right away and I'm still not fully there uh-huh. um, there's really you really have to buy into the fact that we are his offspring yeah. you, you have to buy into that fact um, and, and I think you know once you buy into that then then you start to realize okay this is my father in heaven right it's, it's a hard thing to comprehend, and some people... You know, when I was younger, they said it was kind of a silly belief, you know, and these are all great stories, but they're just stories. Right. You know, right. so um, once you get into it, though, and you start to treat him like you are an offspring for him, then you start to hear the words. Then you start to see his hand. Yes. But it takes a while. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you found, but, you know, for me... Uh, it's been a walk, but you have to be in the word because the amazing thing about being in the word and being around uh, other fellow Christians and being under the shelter of a good church is you start to, you get stronger with these other people. Right. Yeah, just like I've gotten stronger with you and, and Marie and my family has uh, and the people around us. Right. You get stronger in your faith and you see more examples that we are his offspring. And we see more examples that we have power as Christians that you just can't believe. Exactly right. You really can't believe the power of praying and of praying together. Right. You can right. move mountains. Yeah,
0: you're right, David. You're so, absolutely but right. But you got
1: to buy into that brace, basic principle that we are his offspring and that Jesus is uh, was God and became man and and went all the way through the process to suffer, die, and he was resurrected to give us eternal life. But it starts first with the fact of why would he want to do that? Why would God want to come down?
0: Yes, right. where's his offspring. Right. He's
1: trying to save us. You know, Adam and Eve messed things up in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 1. So from that point on, he had a plan to bring us back.
0: Yeah, exactly right, David. Exactly, Exactly like Adam and Eve were in that same situation. They had the opportunity to obey or disobey God. Mm -hmm. They could partake of the tree of life, just like we have the ability now to obey Mm -hmm. or disobey God. If we partake of the tree of life, of course, that's the cross. Yeah. You know, we come to the cross, we receive new life in Jesus Christ. So in a sense, we are Adam and Eve in in that sense that we have this choice now. Right. And it starts a whole new way of living for us. Yes. Once we accept that, but it's so important. The way Paul, he will even use um, their, He says, even your own poets have said this. Yes. So he's using their literature. You see, he's using. He can talk. He can talk with philosophers. He can talk with Jewish people in the synagogue about scripture. Yeah. He can talk about, you know, He later on in his letters, he makes references to sports, run the good race, mm-hmm. fight the fight. Yeah. He, he can move and he can adjust his messaging uh, to the audience. Yes. I think that's one of the principal things we're seeing in this chapter, David, is is to be sensitive to people we talk to. Yes. Because, number one, you want to listen to people. Okay, what are they going through? They're mm-hmm. having a situation. Maybe life's going really good for them. Yes. Okay. Okay. You might then then ask question. Well, can you tell me more about that, or what do you think about that? And then maybe the deeper questions. Yeah. Well, what do you think about God? Do you think there could be a God? No. Okay. What makes you think there is not a God? And then you might. It's Easter. Well, what do you think Easter was all about? Anyhow, you know. Do you think? Or maybe people might get to the. I had a person once said to me, somebody had died. I forget, and it was an accident. They goes, well, they're now all, they're all better off. there in heaven. I says. Do you think everybody that dies goes to heaven? Yeah. And that led into a conversation. I didn't say, I didn't lay the whole gospel there. But my point being is, is we look for commonality yes. and we listen and we ask questions and we ask them to explain because you're all, you're just, if you notice, everything Paul is doing here is verbal. Yeah. He's trying to make a conversation. He's trying to create dialogue. He says, um, therefore, verse 29, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think of the, that divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. In other words, God is the creator. He doesn't, you know, he creates. He doesn't need man to fashion these little, the, the little idols and these little stone right. objects. Yeah. And again, man, man tends to worship what he makes. That's the problem, you know, whether it's high tech yeah. or this or that, or in a in a primitive village, there mm-hmm. might be. The, the you know the particular lodge building or they made this great monument they kind of worship those things that yeah. man's hands made rather than what the creator made right you know and he says truly these times of ignorance god overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent that's a very important thing it's not a suggestion that god's making here it's not this would be nice if you do this kind of a thing it's a command and this is really how the gospel starts out. As John the Baptist starts preaching, he's repent and flee the wrath to come. Repent. Repent. And that's such an important thing. An item we don't often hear is to repent is to turn. Turn from our old yeah. ways. Turn from sin. Turn from those habits. Turn from self-righteousness. And turn to God. And then, then it's almost like, in an Army, when you did a, a, an about face, you, you turn your back on that old world. You yeah. go in the other direction. Yeah. Well, before, you're walking in darkness, and when you turn, you're walking in light. You see, you got the back. And, and the more you walk in the light, the less you have of darkness, because you just want to get rid of those thoughts, get rid of those actions and habits and all that. Other. But this idea of repent is extremely important, Yeah, you know, to turn, to turn from those old ways.
1: Well, and, yeah, so, so John, what is, what is the right formula to repent? If people are listening now and they're wondering, how do I repent? Like, what does is, what is Mr. Murtha mean by that? Well, what it means is um, we're living a life, okay, before I
0: come yeah. to Christ, okay, I'm living my own life, mm-hmm. okay, the way I want to live, okay. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm not that bad a guy. I yeah. never hurt anybody. I never killed somebody. Right. I never, so, but I was, not, I was a sinner, you know, I, was, I had no relationship with God. I wasn't that interested in God if he lived or his influence right. in my life so i did whatever i wanted to do you know in in uh, now again you could keep the law uh, mm-hmm. civic law of america but uh, laws that because a thing is a law doesn't make it moral you can do a lot of immoral things and things that are wrong that are sins all of these things when you come to christ you want to turn your back on that cuz you realize he died on that cross yes. for those sins yes see that's what put him yep. on that cross was my sins. You know what I'm saying, David? Mm-hmm. So you almost abhor those sins now. Yeah. You're like, oh. And to, so to repent means to turn, to turn. And, yeah. and, and, and to turn, and you're back on that. Now, instantaneously, you're forgiven your sins, but you still have to work off those some sins. You know, it'd be the more you grow in grace and the word of God and fellowship, and you start realizing it wasn't just big sins, drunkenness or drugs. It right. could be what we call more insidious pride or anger or jealousy or covetousness. These things have to go, gossiping, and in time they will. But that's what it means to repent. It's turn and walk into a whole yeah. new life. Yeah. That's why really with baptism, when you go under, it's a type of death. You're under the dark murky yeah. water yeah. and then you come up into the light. You're brand new, you're like you're brand yeah. new, you know. So that was your. That's the grave. That's why the apostle Paul says, "I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not me, but Christ liveth in me. And the mm-hmm. life that I now live in the flesh, by you know this yeah. forty years, whatever I got left here, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me mm-hmm. and gave Himself for me. Do you see? Yeah. So that repentance is worked in there, and faith is worked in there, and Christ is internally." dwelling in me. These are all very powerful concepts for, and you can see why this message was was attractive in some oh, ways. Yeah. I mean, even though the early Christians were persecuted, nevertheless number one, you're saying to these people, God loves you. I yeah. loves you very much and he he died for you. Well, they understood what it might have meant when a soldier goes off to war, or somebody defends his home and he dies in the process. But to think that God loved me, that he came here and he mm-hmm. he proved his love not by a teaching or a set of morals, but by actually dying on the cross in my in my yeah, place. Right. Number two, you knew that you could be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Now they knew that in their old temples, they they thought spirits lived in there and all this kind of stuff. But but to know that God of the universe can dwell in your heart, you know, you become a tabernacle of the Holy. That's very powerful. Oh yeah. The other thing is you're going to have power over the demonic. Yes. That that's another very powerful thing. Uh, to realize that he gives you power to trample on serpents and scorpions. And, and Satan doesn't have that same hold for a number one reason. Before, he, you were blinded. It yeah. says the God of this age is blind. Now your eyes are open. And you can see, whoa, I can see. Uh, there's all other reasons and benefits that come along. But uh, there was an attractive quality to the good news of the gospel, even in that first century. And plus, they were part of community. All of a sudden, you had shopkeepers and soldiers and some of these yeah. women were, were wealthy. They were right. leaders in yeah. the community, but they were associated with the common man, you know, commoners. And they saw that the foot of the cross had this leveling effect on uh, social, uh, you know, classes yeah. and norms and all this. Stuff. Very appealing. Those kinds of issues are very yeah. appealing.
1: And John, the only way to God, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's John. Fourteen six, and then 1 corinthians 15 3 4 says christ died for our sins he was buried he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures so we can't earn salvation we've said this a lot uh, we are saved by god's grace when we have faith in his son jesus christ so all we really have to do is believe that we are sinners and that christ died for our sins uh, and then we can say that prayer uh, to accept christ as our savior
0: yeah, in other um, yeah. words, the belief, of, for God so loved the world that right. he gave his only, be- that whosoever believeth on yes. him, that's your key. Mm-hmm. It says yeah. in Ephesians, we are saved by grace yeah. through faith. It's like a person, it's like, okay, let's say I have a, 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 a book here, it's an old, tattered, uh, beaten up book, okay, it's all messed up. Right. And you got a book, brand new, gold inlaid, right. silver, and right. you're saying, John, give me that old book, that yeah. old dirty yeah. book, and I'll give you this new book. Yeah. Very valuable. Yeah. Well, you're giving it to me, David. I can't earn it. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you my sin, my guilt, my sin. And you're gonna give me. Yeah only my only choice is either I'm gonna receive it or reject it. Yeah. Now once I have it, then I wanna live by that book. Right. You know, then my life wants to, I wanna be transformed. That's kinda of like salvation. Yeah. I can't we can't earn it. You can say, God, I did this many stuff, and I gave to the poor, and I, I did this and this. Those are all good things to do after you're a Christian, but that doesn't make you a Christian. The key there is is by faith you receive that free gift from God, yeah. and then you're on your way. Right. A so, lot of people
1: just don't get it. Yeah. In Romans 3.23, it says, We have all done, thought, or said bad things which the Bible calls sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, period. Mm-hmm. I mean, but periods since the Garden of Eden fall. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that do a lot of good deeds. And I always thought that that was a way to get my salvation, and it's not. I mean, those are things we need to do as Christians. Exactly but it's right. not the panacea to get into heaven. It's just our faith in Christ and what he did for us. And that, I think that's where a lot of people get confused as Christians, because that's when we turn into Pharisees, I think. Where we say, you know, we give this much in tithing, we put this many volunteer hours in to help our church, to help our community. That's all great, but that isn't the the secret sauce. Right. And right. so during this time of Easter, you know, how blessed are we that uh, God Himself came down, uh, suffered and died for us, and rose again, so we could have eternal life with Him. Oh yeah. And that's the exciting. This is one of my favorite times of year. Mm-hmm. I love Christmas no question about it right but uh, this really and you have spring coming what a beautiful time yeah right, right right I mean you get to see everything being reborn at least if you live in a certain part uh, of the country and, and we're up here in uh, Northeast Ohio so we get to see the trees starting to bud you know the dew drops coming up uh, you know and right around right around Easter and that is what what a what a perfect thing
0: oh yeah I mean can. just
1: what a perfect thing what a reminder of being reborn. Yeah, in a sense it is. Yeah, in a, in a very real sense it right. is.
0: Right. You know that that, that mm-hmm. life continues, and and you know you can look at creation, you can really start figuring things out. Yeah. There's a lot you can figure out because yeah. number one, for that to happen, you know, you look at a tree, David. that's all winter, been it <laughs> look like it's dead, yeah. right? No leaves, no mm-hmm. nothing on it. And then all of a sudden, like you say, it's starting to put forth buds. The bud for you're going to give flowers and leaves, and birds are going to start nesting the tree. Well, is that thing got a micro? It's got little yeah. uh, computer chips yeah. in there. Is it yeah. got what is going on here? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And how can it do it year after year after year after year? I mean, at, at the very least, somebody has to stand back and say, you know what? It appears that there's some super intelligence that embedded yeah. into these these units, these these trees or flowers or squirrels, some information that they operate off of and they reproduce and replicate yeah. off yeah. of yeah so i mean it's it's a lot easier Uh for me to believe that than to believe way way back millions of years there was an explosion and somehow this explosion came together in in after time and chance and and now we have what we have today it's just too hard you know it's like your mind won't go there logically yeah you know
1: yeah you know we were we were down in a state park in florida and um i think it was called pelican park it was one of the first uh, parks that uh, I think uh, President Roosevelt saved in 1903 and there was this butterfly sign I saw and it said, uh, look deep into nature, you will understand everything better Albert Einstein. oh yeah yeah and let me tell you let me tell you that is so true John. you know oh I mean, you got really it right. just like you said, especially with everything being reborn, how on earth does that happen every year yeah yeah you know, if there's not a if there's not a creator uh, you know this this is we have the perfect design on earth. You know, uh, in you know, so many ways. I mean, right. we're, we're destroying it uh, with pollution and whatnot, but overall, it's the perfect design. You know, Albert
0: Einstein also said this. Yeah. The only incomprehensible thing about the universe is that it is comprehensible. <laughs> so this other yeah. universe that we look at right. can somehow be interpreted by the inner universe of our mental capacities. Right. Right. Now, why is it made like that? God yeah. made us imago Dei in his image, that we could we could appreciate his creation and interact with his creation. Those are powerful thoughts when you yeah. think about it and when you when you move into Christ and into his word, you move into flourishing. You you want to help people or you want to share the good news or you want to be a good father, you want to rather when you yeah. move away from it oftentimes it it's it, you're out of alignment. You it might be self-centered all the time and right. not concerned with others and all this other stuff. But you're right. I mean the universe out there and the human mind in here are the product of the same divine mind. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the same unit that that works together. So coming back in, uh, you know, in uh, Acts chapter seventeen, I'll start bringing it to a close. Okay, sure. But again, this is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio, eighty-nine point one FM. Coming to you, very, very happy out of COVID and everything else, I hope is closing now. Yes, me and too. When you move yeah. through this uh, example or this yeah. prototype that Paul has given us 2,000 years ago of how to share the gospel, he says in verse 30 of chapter 17, Truly, these times of ignorance God has overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Now, this speaks of a coming judgment, okay? There's the good news, God wants you in right relationship with him, Um, but there is this coming judgment because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all people Mm. by raising him from the dead. There's the resurrection again. You see, continually in his messaging is this idea of the resurrection, and so this is a warning. First, you're given the good news, hey, this, you know, but then there speaks of this coming judgment. Yeah. You know that, yeah. and, and then the key is, is not to ignore God's word anymore. If I was to ignore speeding signs down the highway, right, and I was breaking all those laws, that is not going to get me out of a speeding ticket. No way. I'm still going to suffer the consequence. And if I ignore God and his word, and his gospel, and just keep going on my merry way, that's not going to say there's not a coming judgment right. for me. you know. Right. And those are the realities of, of, of life and yeah. uh, of the Bible.
1: Boy, that's a wake-up call in the past. God overlooks such ignorance, but now he commands all people every everywhere to repent. For he has set a date when he will judge the world uh, with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So the resurrection, really, it's a wake-up call. You've got to see it. And, uh, you know, it's our job too, John. You've done this as a missionary with WEC for 40 years. You've gone into countries where you're not allowed to bring a Bible or you could be killed, right? So you've done the extreme, you and Marie, and the wonderful missionaries with WEC. And there's many other groups like that uh, that do the same thing. Um, you know, we talked to, uh, you know, uh, Loretta. Yes. Uh, she was a WAC missionary in Southern Africa. And we just saw the power that, that she and her brother have in terms of their faith. Yes. And if you have power uh, in your faith, that, that is, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, being an Olympic bodybuilder. When you start to hone your faith and you practice it and you work it out, you can't believe the strength it gives you. Regardless yeah. of the circumstances, it's much better than the perfect soldier itself, you know, physically. Mm-hmm. Because spiritually, if you start to cultivate your faith, you can't believe how you can wield the word of God with that sword. Just like Jesus did against the enemy when he was, uh, you know, 40 days in the, in the um, um, wilderness um, without food and water. And he wielded the word um, like a sword. So it really does give us strength, but there's so much hope here when you understand the resurrection. Man. Oh, yeah. There really is. there's laughter, there's happiness. Um, it's a whole different. It's a different ball game. So now, yeah. just I, I
0: just want to show you how another person led somebody to Christ by using the Word of God. It's in Acts of the Apostles in chapter eight. Um, this is where Philip is directed to go to. This this is a high ranking.
1: What chapter? Uh,
0: Acts of the Apostles, chapter eight. Okay. This is a high-ranking guy and uh, that he's going to go witness to. In the Spirit, yeah. in verse 29, Acts chapter yeah. 8 says, The Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Yeah. So Philip ran up to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and says, Do you understand what you are reading? Now notice he, was, he found a point of commonality. This guy's reading a scroll, the scripture. Of course, Philip knows yeah. that scripture. And the guy says, the Ethiopian eunuch, how can I... Unless someone guides me, this is very important that we must be able to help people that don't understand the scripture, just the basics of the scripture. You see, we can't say, Well, I don't know, here's what I think it means. He says, And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. See, this guy is really interested, Mm -hmm. he's really curious. The the place in the scripture which he read was this He was led as sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before the shearers, aside, he opened out his mouth, he in his humiliation, his he was taken away. And who will declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. He says, who is this? Who is he speaking of? Does the prophet say this? Of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at that scripture, preached Jesus to him. See, Isaiah 53. As a result, the guy wants to get baptized and become a believer. Amen. You see? So there's the process. Now, the integral part of that is we have to be sensitive to people around us that God is bringing into our lives that need to, you know, they just don't understand the scripture anymore than I did, you did before. It was like a closed book to us, right? You didn't understand it, let alone a relationship of the Old Testament to the person of Jesus Christ. But once you see it, and then like Philip, he was able to, to explain that to this poor guy that uh, then became a believer. Very really yeah. influential.
1: Yeah, you know, it was John Lennox I was thinking of. He's a Northern Irish mathematician uh, and Christian apologist, uh, and one thing he said man is he he's really good, yeah, he's a good guy. if people haven't followed him I follow him uh, just uh, I just like the way he presents the arguments in the Bible and one of the things he said when he's dealing with a non-believer instead of arguing with them at first as I mentioned earlier he asked them to please you know go see what Paul says about about uh, Jesus and then we can come back and have a conversation right, right. so he kind of you know uh, he kind of sets people up like christ did where he gives you a little bit of a minnow in the water and lets you explore it yourself because what happens there is the holy spirit could be there with you and it is a much greater thing to have the holy spirit come into you to open your eyes to the word versus a human doing it right Mm -hmm. so that's what you've always taught me and the other key thing uh, of how to do it is to just tell your own story. That's big. Yeah, and and that's the other thing you, you've you impressed upon me, John, so I'm grateful for that because it makes it a lot easier if you can't just throw out a bunch of mm. <laughs> quotes and references from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you
0: don't want to. <laughs> right. You don't want to give too much right, to people. Yeah. It's just too much uh-huh. of an overload. But the, you can see I just <laughs> tease it out a little bit here and a little bit there. But we <laughs> it, it, back, and we'll close it on this, Yeah. it says... Um, Verse 32, where we started, and when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. I think it's the same thing today. Some people will mock and laugh oh, yeah. at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. While others said, We will hear uh, from you again on this matter. So there you see um, the curious or the somewhat interested that we should go and, mm-hmm. and try to get with them more, yeah. you know. And so Paul departed from, however, that's key. Some men joined him and believed among them Dionysius and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So here we see. Here it is. People became believers in that city of Athens, and yes. Paul leaves, but they stay, and they become a witness.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I never. I guess it's been kind of a new. Um, I guess I'm I'm now realizing how many, how the Greeks were one of the first people mm-hmm. to to be converted, right, John? Or they, they were believers. So we just went to a Greek Orthodox church when we were in Florida, and uh-huh. just it's it's like a family. I mean, they are really close-knit. I mean, like, they're your extended family. You know, they help you. They, they have meals together. They they share right after uh, the service. They're all together. Like like I mentioned to you, when I grew up um, at the church I was at, they have coffee together, refreshments, and they just sit and talk. Yeah, right. Yeah. A lot yeah. of fellowship. So, but, but they were some of the first believers, right? Yeah, so, so Yeah.
0: We had the Greek. The Greek were certainly some of the first believers. Right. Yep. So... Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. This is, uh, you know, uh, the radio station that tries to bring you every week an encouraging uh, word from God's word or a testimony from a visitor that we have, both here and around the world. So God bless you this weekend, and we will focus on uh, Easter coming up in the coming uh, coming, uh, messages we have, as well as these people we're going to interview. God bless you all.
1: God bless you. Have a great weekend, everybody.